There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports independent tech news directly. If you're not already, become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, November 16th. Happy birthday, Mom. 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I am Sarah Lane. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Joining us today, very happy to have from AVXL.com and HeronFidelity.com, Robert Heron back on the show. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going good, Tom. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Uh, Robert's going to bless us with his wisdom, as he does so often, about what TVs we might want to try to get, which I know is like just a slice of what you do, but you're so good at it. Hey, I pay attention to that stuff. And I'll try to slide in a projector or two, too. All right. Everyone should at least consider it. Not a slide projector, but a projector television. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Facebook Messenger is internally testing synchronized video viewing over group chat. So a new watch videos together feature found in the app's code describes Messenger's ability to tap to watch together now and chat about the same videos at the same time with chat thread members receiving notifications when others join in as well. Uh, The unsealing of some filings in an otherwise unrelated U.S. criminal case revealed that U.S. prosecutors have confidentially brought charges against Julian Assange. The filings were made in August in the Eastern District of Virginia. They were unsealed last month, uh, but noticed on Thursday, or at least uh, he tweeted on Thursday that he had noticed them by George Washington University faculty member Seamus Hughes. All right, let's talk a little bit about a big problem, Sarah. Yeah, I'll say Voxox is a company, if you haven't heard, converts codes from other companies. So things like phone number verification or two-factor auth codes into readable text messages, sort of a man in the middle, if you will, for certain companies. Security researcher Sebastian Call discovered a server with a real-time text messaging database from Voxox was not password protected. The database was configured with a Kibana front end, making it easy for anybody to access and search the contents of the database, which included phone numbers and test text message contents themselves. 
kind of a big deal. Voxox took the database offline after being contacted about the issue by TechCrunch, who wrote up the synopsis. Yeah. So if you didn't quite follow that, let me repeat what Sarah just said. Uh, the company that handles turning your two-factor authentication codes into a text message that you get so you can log in uh, had their server available without a password. So using a search engine, uh, not Google, but a search engine specifically for this sort of thing, Sebastian Call was able to find that server and log into it and see, because of the Kibana front end, any messages that were passing through there. Uh, that's the reason people say don't use text messaging as a second factor, please, companies, uh, because it is less secure than other methods. Uh, and this, this usually they're talking about some kind of hijacking of SMS, but but this is even worse uh, because until this was offline, we're not sure if anybody took advantage of it or not, but somebody could have easily gotten in there and used it to hack into accounts that otherwise would have been two-factor authentication protected. Well, especially because a company like this works with a variety of other companies, right? So it's yeah. not just one company that says, okay, we've had a breach, you know, we'll figure it out, you know, let's, let's figure out the messaging. This is potentially many companies that yeah. use this exact, uh, um, uh, method of, of offering to FA text uh, to their users. Yeah. In fact, uh, if you look, uh, he, he was using Shodan, if you're curious about the search engine. Uh, that's a, the search engine meant to help you find open servers so that you can make sure that they, you tell them that they, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't be open. Uh, but TechCrunch you know, put together uh, a list. They found uh, KakaoTalk, Viber, HQ Trivia, uh, using the service to verify phone numbers. They found shipping notifications from Amazon in there, messages that contained Microsoft account password reset codes, Huawei ID verification codes, Yahoo. I mean, big companies, right? This is not this is not just small potatoes here. Robert, how much does this scare you? <laughs> it annoys me to no end, and it would make me wish that if they're going to send something as critical as a two-factor authentication to a person, they could at least use some sort of a secure app I mean, it'd be nice if they ran their own signal server and would just send those messages over signal. So even if somebody did intercept it, it would just be an encrypted blob rather than, hey, here's your two-factor login and here's how to get back access to your account or, well, somebody else's account as well. But yeah, I mean, Shodan we- is a pretty sweet service, though, for not only finding things like these, but also they've revealed like every IoT device out there that has been compromised. Oh, here are 100,000 webcams that all had admin access left open yeah. and it never changed it. It could be a big, big deal. Yeah, so. it's, it's, a, it's a great way. I mean, yes, mal- malicious actors can use it too, but because anybody can use it, it's a good way to show what needs to be locked down. Uh, and that, that is an important thing to note. Uh, pff, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't personally use two-factor on anything. I got really burned with it one time what? with Google services. So it, it literally locked me out of my own stuff because well, I was using but... the voice number. <laughs> and then Google wouldn't send me the code to my Google voice number until yeah, I could. There was, there was a problem. Robert, or, uh, Jason Howell yeah. got bit by that too, I remember. 22, and then I said, forget that. I've got a sweet password manager with incredibly long passwords that are randomized on everything I do. Don't and be like Robert. Use <laughs> authentication, kids. <laughs> uh, 
I'm yeah, all about and, crazy and, long random passwords. I, and I get it. Like I, the companies want to do it over text messaging because that's easy to get everyone to use. Everybody knows what text messaging is. So it's easy to explain and easy to get people to sign up. And I suppose it's better than them just using password as their password with no other factor, right? It's all a matter of, of what's better than nothing. Uh, and, and what you, what your justification is, is you're using long, complicated passwords, but even then, what if somebody's able to get, uh, your password in plain text, not crack it, but somehow it gets leaked out of your control. A second factor would be a hedge against that. That's, that's why I recommend everybody do two factor and always do an authenticator app like Authy or Google authenticator, if you can, uh, or even a YubiKey if, if, if you can, because those can't be intercepted in transit because they don't transit. That's what Google's own offices had done about a year ago or so. They actually enabled it. I believe it's a YubiKey product. Yeah. Their, their own Eileen had to use that when she was there. Not even one breach since they implemented that policy yeah. compared to their previous stats, which showed that they had a few, quite a few actually, where people were able to nefariously get their way in. But Having that is great. And if you can tie that to an authenticator app that is not SMS or to a hardware device like a YubiKey, that that would be the way I'd do it. So... And you should. Uh, the Cyberspace Administration of China announced Thursday it has shut down more than 9,800 social media accounts in a special cleanup operation. WeChat and Weibo were given serious warnings about chaos caused by the lack of management. The removed accounts were accused of politically harmful information. Wait a minute, tell but put Facebook in the place of WeChat and Weibo. Put the U.S. in the place of China. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Accused of politically harmful information being passed along. Fabricated rumors being passed along. Sensationalized headlines causing misunderstandings. Spreading of vulgar and pornographic content. Some were also accused of extortion and plagiarism. I wanted to make sure to put this in the show today because I think it's interesting that the way people often think about it, like, well, we have this problem in Facebook because it's a threat to democracy, and we have a problem in China because the government cracks down on people. But these concerns are very similar and it's it's important to note where they're similar so that you can actually tell what the real differences are i think well and the fact that the similarities are you know widely used social networks that have a lot of pull over uh, the you know the sort of um the the hive mind of of who's using that network yeah and and in china uh they say, we're doing the same thing you are in the U.S. We're trying to stop fake information. We're trying to stop the undermining of our society. And to a large extent, they are. Uh, there are other reasons they also do this that you know we could get into if we were a political uh, podcast. But I, I think it's interesting to note that this isn't just a problem of Facebook. It's a problem of the internet and social media, uh, no matter what kind of society you're in, I think. One main difference, though, about surfing the web in China, especially if you don't have a VPN, is that uh, there are many, many sites that are blocked. All Google services, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. And unless you – it used to be a lot easier to get, get around that. However, it, and if you have like a foreign SIM card, that gets you around it as well. But for the general population, those apps simply don't exist. Mm -hmm. And it's like you pull up YouTube in front of somebody standing in Beijing and they're like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, oh, I just wanted to show you this video. It's like, how are you watching that? <laughs> or you go to the wrong site and I've had this happen in Korea and China. It pops up some police looking message that goes, hey, we've blocked this for your own good. Yeah. And we're going to make that decision for you. And I'm like, oh, go F yourself. I'm just like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want. And I... I'm my own filter in that case. And sure, 
I understand if you have a platform where you want to suppress obviously either harmful or fake or whatever you want to label it as content that's out there. That's one thing. And there are certain content that should be policed, but in general, the, the just the ability to type in a web address and know that it'll pop up in your browser without, without the government giving its thumb of approval on it. That to me is more free at least than it is at least a, how I, when, I'm, when I'm surfing in those countries. It's a very American perspective. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, let's see how we feel about this one. Sony will not have a presence at E3 in 2019. And that is, it's, it's the first time it'll skip the show since E3 started. So pretty significant. Sony told Variety, quote, we're exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019. The company also recently canceled its PlayStation Experience event. And Sony also announced it sold more than 86.1 million PlayStation 4s since it launched on November 15th, 2013. So the fact that it canceled its experience event doesn't necessarily mean it's not selling a lot of units. What's no, Sony doing? No, they're they're just focusing. I think. I think a lot of companies are doing this, and and we we talked about this uh, as relates to CES as well. Uh, in, in CES, I think Roger and I were talking about this. In CES, you just you don't you don't see Microsoft even on the floor anymore. But that doesn't mean CES is is gone away. Companies want to control their messages better. And I think maybe Sony's saying instead of a PlayStation experience event, let's come up with a Sony keynote event a la Apple or Mm -hmm. Samsung. Exactly. That I think they're just taking an Apple page out of the playbook in a sense where, Hey, look, we'll have our own dedicated event. Why should we have events on the same in the same exposure area as all these other companies, which nobody matches Sony in terms of console sales and things like that. I would just simply have their own, own experience event and, spend a couple of days inviting all the press in and have it just solely focused on your own messaging. And I, I don't see why they don't do that. It doesn't surprise me that they'll bail on E3. It's a bummer. That's like having like, say Microsoft not show up or something or, or Samsung decides. Microsoft doesn't show up at CES, but there's still plenty of Microsoft at CES. I'm sure it'll be the same way for Sony at E3. It won't be like you won't see any Sony games there. Exactly. Microsoft will now let developers create 64-bit ARM apps for Windows. Uh, Developers will be able to recompile existing Win32 or Universal Windows apps to run natively on Windows 10 on ARM. Windows for ARM can use an emulator right now to run apps, but recompiled apps run a lot better. So this will make those apps run better, and it will make ARM-based laptops more competitive with Windows-based laptops. And we're starting to see more of those. That's pretty cool. I, I wonder though, will ARM be able to compete? Maybe more on the I think more on the tablet side than a notebook side. I would think. Well, for, yeah, it is kind of. I've never used an ARM-based notebook, so I'm not. Not so much the here. the tablet side, but like the Lenovo Yoga C630 is an ARM device. Okay. So that hybrid hybrid tablet laptop. Uh, area is where Samsung Galaxy Book 2 is another example uh, where, where it seems like, hey, you can run full Windows on an ARM processor so you get more power out of it, uh, you get more battery life, but you got everything from Windows and and now, you know, the emulation went a long way to be way better than Windows RT was uh, and, and so this will make it even better. Excellent. The U.S. FCC approved the use of Europe's Galileo positioning system for use in U.S. phones. Most phones can take advantage of the system with a software update, which will improve location accuracy, including altitude. Oh, yeah. So so have you <laughs> – this is kind of a complex situation because 
almost all modern phones are capable of receiving all of this stuff. Uh, but in the United States, up until now, it's been illegal to sell them enabled to do it. It's actually been illegal to enable them yourselves to do it, but you could. In fact, you could have done it accidentally. If you were traveling, say, Robert, you were traveling uh, to Hong Kong and you used the Hong Kong store to download an app, it might have been using China's system. Uh, or I guess China's not a good example because I don't know if it's fully launched yet. Let's say you're going to Italy and use the Italian store to download something. It could have used the Italian uh, GPS or, or the, the Galileo system from Europe and, and enabled itself without your knowledge. And then you would have technically been in violation of the law, but you can't really catch somebody doing that because it's just receiving a signal. There's no way to detect that it's doing that. Exactly. And ideally you would be using any GPS system available like GLONASS from the Russians or our own GPS system or Galileo and have, have all of those bits of information help create an even more accurate positioning. I, I, it just seems ridiculous that, especially if it's, if it's a stable, good source of that kind of information, blend them and make it even better for all. So instead of maybe like 10 foot accuracy in the best case scenario, you get it down to a couple of feet or a couple of inches. Yeah. Well, and the GPS system that the United States launched was, was kind of hobbled for years because of military concerns. And now it's just old. Uh, and they're doing things to update it, but Galileo's brand new. And just just like any you know any technology you buy, the brand new one generally works a little better than the old one. Uh, so you know, I I I think hopefully we'll get to a position where the Chinese system and GLONASS and Galileo and GPS will all just work together uh, in such a way that no matter what you're you're doing you won't know which system you're using but it'll give you even more accurate situations especially altitude when i've been up in in like skyscrapers uh with malls uh you know multiple level malls like in sydney uh there was one and i I wanted to find a store and it told me i was there but i'm like yeah but which there if there's like 10 floors (laughs) to choose from where's the vertical there i need to be it would probably take some pretty good coding to, to in order to blend the information from those three sources or, or more. But in the, in the same point that going forward, that's simply the way it should be. If yeah. it's possible to wring more accuracy out of that system with the addition of these other services, just do it. Yeah. It, it, well, you know, we're going to have flying cars soon enough. So get on it, people. Yeah, these flying cars we need this improved gonna accuracy. Be, we're going to be in the air. I need my GPS. <laughs> Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to our sister show, DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right, Robert, let's talk TVs. It's the holiday season's coming up. Uh, so a lot of times people want to get a TV or give a TV as a gift. And of course, we have the Super Bowl here in the United States coming up at the end of, well, the beginning of February. A lot of people want to buy TVs for that as well. Uh, what TVs should we buy? I know there's not just one answer, but where do we start? No, it, it always comes back to budget for anybody. So and as we roll up on the holiday shopping season, some of the very best deals on the 28 TVs are starting to trickle out right now. And I'll say right off the bat, today is the online sale that just started at Costco for the Vizio P-Series Quantum. And this is by far the best TV that Vizio has ever made. It only comes in one screen size, 65 inches. And it listed at $2,200, currently selling right now online, $1,400. Ooh. That's my go-to pick. That is one of the very brightest TVs you can buy, and it also incorporates support for both the popular HDR formats, being HDR10 and Dolby Vision. It's also, of course, a 4K screen, 
It has a cool input on there for doing 1080p at 120 hertz if you're into maybe some crazy PC gaming or future console support. And overall, I, I think the between the interface, the design, and just that lovely. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Bit of performance. It is definitely my pick for it. It's also using the Quantum Dot technology, which gives you the enhanced color performance compared to the TVs that just use enhanced LEDs. You actually get more saturated color out of a Quantum Dot-based system than you do out of just... Uh, a TV that's not using that, at least currently, as far as LCD screens go. Now, uh, is that big enough for you, Sarah, 65 inches, or do you need some more recommendations? Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny. I, I was just telling the guys yesterday that I've, I've, I have a new apartment with a wall that can handle a television bigger than my 55-inch, even though it's perfectly big. But a 65-inch would be just perfect. So right. the Vizio is speaking my language. But yeah, what else we got? It's working good. One of the best deals out there, if they, if 1400 bucks isn't cutting it, the TCL 6 Series has, for the 2018 model, is a fantastic bargain. At about 650 bucks for the 55-inch screen, at just over 1000 bucks for the 65-inch screen, this is just one of my absolute favorite TVs. One thing about TCL screens is that they operate with the Roku operating system driving the entire experience. It isn't just a built-in Roku app. Roku actually does the entire interface, and it provides one of the most user-friendly and convenient interfaces I've ever used on any TV. It makes it easy to just isolate the, the few things you want to do with it and get all the other cruft out of the way. And likewise, it also includes some nice surprises. One, just that sweet Roku interface that supports all your apps, but also other features like if you connect an antenna to that TV while you do the setup, it'll say, hey, uh, if you stick a USB key in the side with some storage in it, we can create a single channel buffer for nothing. I mean, just for the cost of you sticking a USB key in. So you have like a DVR function built right into that TV too. And I'm just a fan of the Roku interface, just so you can play nice with all of the streaming services like Roku or like uh, Netflix and mm. Amazon and Google. 
whereas on some other more isolated devices or from those particular vendors, you might not have direct support for some of your favorite streaming sources. Otherwise, yeah. it's just a fantastic screen. Compared to, say, that Vizio P series, this is about half as bright mm. uh, in terms of just straight measurements. And the, the off-axis viewing isn't quite as good. But we're talking about 400 bucks less in the case of the 65-inch screen and just a terrific bargain at that 55-inch screen size. So it sounds like TCL 6 Series is the best is the best budget one, and the Vizio is your best bang for your buck. Without a doubt. Vizio yeah. Quantum is just amazing. Otherwise, there are tons of other great screens out there. Uh, Sony's X900F, if you just need a good variety of screen sizes – Great performance across the board. Sony does terrific things in terms of the factory calibration and the quality of their cinema or movie mode is going to be pretty damn close to spec right out of the box. That's one of the things I absolutely love about it. Also, their designs and picture quality just tend to be fantastic. The one downside that I'll always harp on for Sony televisions currently is their use of the Android TV operating system. Mm. It sounds good on paper, but I've I've experienced even on their most premium sets one too many times where you push a button on the remote and nothing happens for a second or two. And if, if you can avoid that and use external devices for your streaming content and whatever, no problem. But that's just something to keep in mind. Otherwise, the good folks at Samsung also have an array of great sets. Uh, on the more of the value side, they have the NU8000. That's about as low as I would go in terms of just a TV that provides kind of everything. You're having good light output, terrific performance, 120 hertz panel, in addition to some sweet gaming features. Specifically, it has the auto game mode detection for the Xbox console. So rather than you manually having to switch it into game mode for low lag and then jump out of it for your regular viewing, that can handle it automatically in addition to the variable refresh rate technology that's coming out. This is one of their least expensive TVs that you can still have that built in to where if you're playing on a console like the Xbox, or in this case, I believe it's also supported by certain ATI cards as well, or AMD graphics cards, excuse me. And that will actually adjust the frame rate in real time in order to hmm. prevent like tearing and other artifacts that can happen. I think it's a solid gamer pick. However, if you have the cash, jump into samsung's qled lineup i in particular from the 7 series on up the q7 fn q8 fn q9 fn my favorite thing about these tvs is the anti-reflective coating it is second to none compared to any other tv i've looked at sure a, a bright tv can help with bad room lighting or a bright room environment but having an anti-reflective coating that can tame room light reflections goes a long way toward making even TVs that couldn't put out as much light look even sweet in a, in a challenging environment like that. In addition, uh, Samsung also has some of the best quantum dot technology out there. That's using, the Q with the QLED, right? Yeah, with their QLED lineup. And I, if you're a fan, some of the models also incorporate a single input box that's separate from the TV. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about that is it's a very thin sublime cable that just goes right up to it so it makes it very easy to integrate if you're going to wall mount it yeah. you don't have a separate power cord and a video cord going up there just this one little thing you can either tape to the wall or even embed it if you want and keep wow. it out of so those are just fantastic sets overall now, however if i had to oh go ahead oh no go ahead i was going to say though when it comes right down to it if the budget permits these tvs aren't really any kind of special black friday pricing but lg's oleds are 
probably the thing everyone looks at and just kind of loses it in terms of <laughs> absolute picture still, quality. Still, huh? It, you put this side by side against any LCD, and the first thing you'll notice is that the viewing angles are far superior. You can get off to the side a little bit. You don't have dramatic changes in color or brightness or contrast and their ability to produce perfect black. When an OLED pixel turns off, it is not emitting any light at all. And in a darkroom environment, that can make that letterbox movie appear like it's just hanging in space. And it, it, it is just something to behold. Also, LG's interface, their WebOS-based system, is, continues to be one of the zippiest I've ever dealt with. And overall, I, uh, it's just absolutely one of my favorite TVs. It also has probably the most wide-ranging support for various video formats, including HDR10, Dolby Vision, mm-hmm. HLG, and Technicolor's HDR format as well. So if you're thinking future-proofing yourself in regards to upcoming HDR stuff, that's hard to beat. It just kind of has it all. Now, if you compare something like that Vizio P-Series Quantum, that TV has about twice as many zones of backlighting as say the regular Vizio P series. The regular Vizio P series has about a hundred zones of controllable areas on the screen where it can modulate the LEDs that are behind the screen to produce a better darks, brighter brights and things like that. Vizio P series quantum has almost 200, but when you talk about OLEDs, it's each individually addressable pixel can be turned on or off. So you're talking millions of zones of dimming and performance wise, I think for the eight series, it's pretty much whatever you can afford. They all have very similar image quality, which is really good. But when you step up beyond the B series to the C series or above, the one thing it does give you is a more advanced processor, which in general I find over the long term is something you kind of want because as TVs are updated and new features are added, extra CPU power is generally something that will make the whole experience more seamless and smooth. So there you go, Sarah. You got, you got six TVs to choose from now. I don't know. The LG OLEDs, it's, you know, once Robert was like, this is the, you know, it's the industry standard. Save now I'm pennies. like, well, now I need that. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, 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 but for a lot of reasons that you illustrated, Rob, uh, there are, you know, you could think about, you know, how big is your room? Are you off to the side? You know, you know, how much does light actually matter? What's your budget? So all really good parameters. If you can sit front and center, anything I just talked about is going to look freaking fantastic and the differences really come down to when the lights get low or you're sitting sitting off to the side or oh i mean it's tough to say (laughs) there are a lot of good choices out there however if i could throw one thing out there would be if you have the room for it if you have a room with good light control consider a projector epson has a new home home cinema 4010 model that came out about three four weeks ago and this is absolutely one of the very best values out there in terms of a projector that is capable of displaying the full DCI P3 color palette, which is the same color palette used in our HDR 4K Blu-rays and some streaming content as well. It's about a 26% wider color palette than we have with regular HD programming. And those, those extra bits of color saturation, I find, especially when the content's authored appropriately, It just looks more realistic and lifelike. This projector is not a true 4K projector, but it does really good upscaling. And at that $2,000 price point, I'm going to say you literally have to spend two to three times more to get something that's going to make you go, okay, that's definitely better. 
So, well, Robert, thank you so much. It, it, you can tell he's got all the things you need to know about this stuff. And there's more where that came from. Uh, tell them where they can find more of what you do. Uh, we host a weekly podcast at abxl.com. You can check out the information there. Otherwise, I'm also over at heronfidelity.com. In the process of redoing my website, my ancient decrepit website is in the process of being hammered into something new right now. And I need to get that done. That's part of this weekend's project. Excellent. Uh, well, good to know. Check it out, folks. Heronfidelity.com and avxl.com. Also, don't forget uh, that you can be a member of Daily Tech News Show. And we have some new features now. In fact, just added yesterday is the ability on Patreon to get both DTNS and Good Day Internet uh, together in your Patreon feed. So now, if you just want DTNS, if you just want Good Day Internet, or you want them both, uh, you just need to change your tier. Everybody who's a patron already gets Good Day Internet. They have for a long time. Nothing's changed there. Uh, but if you go to patreon.com slash pledges, you can change your your reward to be just DTNS. If you're like, I just want Daily Tech News Show on its own without commercials, or to be DTNS and Good Day Internet if you choose the all tier. So go check that out, patreon.com slash DTNS. If you've got feedback for us, well, we've got a way for you to use it. Email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Keep it coming. Love your feedback, everybody. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Uh, just Sarah and me on Monday's show and Roger. So we'll see you then. Have a good weekend. part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.